My name is Olivia Sharad. I'm the Beyond the Binary Collections and Exhibitions Officer, and I'm here with Lance Miller um, to learn about the material they're creating for the Beyond the Binary exhibition. Hi, Olivia. Thank you for um, talking to me today and for giving me the platform through the Pet Rivers. My pleasure. It's great to have you here. Um, Firstly, can you introduce yourself and tell me a little bit about why you've got involved um, with Beyond the Binary as a community curator? Um, well, I've lived in Oxford for seven years now, and although some aspects of particularly the university community have been quite exclusive, in my opinion, in my experience, um, I've always found the museum to be really welcoming, and I think the staff who are working there at the moment are making huge differences to the really sort of narrowly focused colonial views of a lot of the communities represented through the objects displayed there Um, and I really wanted to work with those amazing members of staff to try and add a bit of a different perspective. So how have you been involved with the project? So I've had the opportunity to make two different displays with relatively little overlap. Um, So one of the displays is looking at different objects related to Christianity in Western Europe and how there have been different attitudes towards partner bonds and gender to the very strict um, attitudes that are often portrayed as essential as part of the Christian mindset. And personally, I was raised Catholic and that's part of my background in my community and I really wanted to show that actually ordinary people of faith are tolerant and friendly and welcoming and sometimes can just be hampered by the same stereotypes that queer people are and I suppose just to uh, promote a a positive attitude towards everyone to give them the benefit of the doubt and not to set up animosities and and I've also had the chance to to work on a a display relating to gender transition as well and particularly the social aspect of that um, to really showcase how it affects people's emotions and their everyday lives outside of the the medical aspect which is covered much more in mainstream media. Amazing, Lance. Yeah, that's really interesting. Could you describe to our visitors um, the objects you've been researching and curating for the exhibition? Um, So one of the main objects that I've curated has been a figure of Mary. Um, So the Virgin Mary, who is the mother of Jesus Christ in the New Testament. Um, I think it was really important to me to try and show a different side of Mary, not as an image of womanhood that's been controlled by male patriarchy, but as a really empowering figure that women of faith can actually reclaim and, and sort of use her as a springboard to say there's a lot about faith and faith history that really progressive, tolerant people of faith can claim as part of their identity it's not all about persecution yeah absolutely um that has been really important for the exhibition to have that different um perspective that we wouldn't have brought in otherwise so that's been amazing would you be able to tell me 
a little bit about why you chose to talk about the object, um, what it means to you and what sort of stories the objects help you to tell. Um, so I think what's really important to these to me about these objects is that they really reflect ordinary people's lives and you can really see that when you look at the figure of Mary or the votive offering of the angel that they're small objects they're personal they would have been owned by people who didn't have enormous socioeconomic standing um, and that sort of that voice in in any community really isn't often given the chance to be put to the forefront and that a lot of the time in discussions around um, faith and queer identities the focus is on um, what whoever the um, doctrine is interpreting the scriptures but actually there's so much more to religion than that it's also about how ordinary people interpret the scriptures and that deserves to be spoken about as well um, and there is increasing evidence that people of all faiths, um, including um, faiths like Catholicism that traditionally have had a very intolerant reputation, are increasingly embracing um, acceptance and would be happy to welcome people into their faith, welcome people into their communities who identify as LGBT, to give people who are already in those communities the chance to be honest and open about their identity so I really wanted these objects to be on display to give solidarity and power to these ordinary people oh absolutely amazing yeah um I think yeah for me being able to have that narrative within the exhibition um is going to be really powerful because I feel often it's quite a controversial subject that people are quite afraid of bringing up because both sides um, do have these strong feelings and it's really nice to hear you having the courage to come forward and bring like that narrative together to combine those two different parties that maybe aren't so different after all. And it's quite nice just to hear that, really. <laughs> well, I think a lot of the time we're we're given a binary narrative. We're given the narrative that we can respect people's religious beliefs or we can respect people's sexuality and gender and we can't have both. But I think in ethics and in life, choices rarely are that binary. And I'm hoping to sort of in increase the space where... We we can say it's not that rigid it doesn't have to be that's amazing um so what would you say the most important thing um that you'd like listeners to know about the object um your research or the project would be i think what i would most like to get across through this display is that nothing is static that we don't have to accept narratives that things have always been a certain way or always need to be a certain way and I don't mean to say that to erode people's beliefs and lived experiences in the moment but to empower people to have that opportunity to stay with their own lived experiences but to question them at the same time that we don't have to reject and destroy 
the past and certain communities in order to move forwards and I think that I think that having these historical items really showcases that because there are lots of different elements of Christianity that some of which were actually more accepting or might be controversial now but hopefully I can show that people's faith has remained consistent and strong and that we shouldn't be afraid that faith has to be sidelined or eroded because of the changing world that it takes place in now amazing yeah what for you has been the most interesting part of the project or that you found surprising about it while doing it i think for me the most interesting part has really been seeing the response from the from staff and other curators that really seemed to value my viewpoint when at times I felt like I didn't have that much to offer and that my story wasn't unique enough and I really it's really helped me see that everyone potentially has a unique story everyone is at an intersection of identities um, and there are people who who value that no matter where you are in identity spectrums absolutely yeah i think what's going to be really important for this exhibition is just knowing you don't have to be one binary or the other um at a really extreme sense to know that your value is really appreciated um brilliant and is there anything else you'd like to cover um in regards to this while we're speaking um i think i'd particularly like to say that you know my own experience is so specific but it's the more i find out about you know my heritage my catholic heritage also makes me really curious about people of other faiths other denominations and i hope that my very specific story um can help validate others and also that I just love to find out about these stories. So, you know, looking into my own heritage has also really opened me up and hopefully given me the the ability and the skills to, to try and find out more about others as well and, and help empower them if I can. That would be amazing. Yeah. Oh, that would be such a good outcome for people coming to the exhibition um, and... Yeah, imagine if that does happen. And yeah, oh, I really hope it does. <laughs> that would be just grand. Um, so I'm going to sway the conversation now because I know there's another part of the exhibition that you are also a curator of. Um, would you like to introduce that? Because I'm really excited for this. Okay, so um, the main, at the core of this display is a mannequin that is decorated with clothing but also with items that reflect the way people express themselves in an everyday expression of their gender Um, and a lot of these items are from the trans community or inspired by the trans community Um, and I think they really represent the conflict between social expectations and the sort of performance that that creates that sometimes 
makes it really difficult for trans and non-binary people to balance being themselves and presenting the way they would want to be in a society where they would automatically be accepted for who they are but also trying to get themselves to the point where they're getting positive feedback and they're being seen for who they are by others in this society and just the dissonance that that creates in people's lives absolutely um and i think for me um the trans mannequin is hopefully going to be a real way for people um is it like the right expression to say like is demystifying trans um for people who may not have like come into contact with trans people and don't know much about what it means to be trans and just to get a sense that this can this is a really everyday thing it's not something that's um you know meant to be sensationalist or anything like that um yeah what were your thoughts on that kind of well I know from my personal experience that I found it really difficult sort of growing up and transitioning sort of just around the trans tipping point um because even though I was having these thoughts that I wasn't happy with my gender, a really big limitation to me was that I didn't look like trans people in the media. You know, I didn't have that really well-defined set of pecs and abs and I couldn't think of anyone that I'd seen, even in really queer-friendly media, who looked just ordinary and nondescript like me. Um... And I felt like it was very difficult for me to accept my gender. It was difficult for me to to feel welcome in trans spaces because I just felt like I wasn't trans enough. So it was only when I met a close friend who was an amazing woman who made no effort to appeal to what other people might think a woman is or does or appears to be and she really helped me to accept myself and I'd like to try and show not just people who might identify as trans or non-binary but to show everyone that gender doesn't have to be a performance for someone else that it's so nuanced and it's so personal that you know, there are people who see and val and value and don't judge your gender if you are being authentically you. Wow. Yeah. Really well well said, I think. Um Oh wow. Yeah, absolutely. Um and I guess my next question is, um, really around the people who have loaned their clothes to be on the trans mannequin, if you can like describe what would that be like for them to have their clothes in an exhibition like that is this a big deal for them um, would you say well I think something that a lot of people experience um, particularly in the sort of trans masculine spectrum um, is that or non-binary as well is that it's really difficult to find validation because 
it's so hard to pass and I think I think that something that would have really helped me when I was transitioning would be to have a story that wasn't framed in the context of passing it's not about being immediately identifiable as male or female or exactly in between it's just about expression and about acknowledging that that expression can be interpreted in different ways there are no clear-cut single signals to be looking out for as as a, a friend as a passerby but to really be open to that and accept that and to accept within yourself that you can't know someone else's gender and I think in a lot of ways that's what certain members of the trans community are looking for they're looking not to be known as who they are and their life story immediately but to be given that openness to self-define to have that space to really be in control of how they're perceived and I think that that's been a motivation for for people donating is this idea that it's not about donating your most feminine dress or your most masculine tuxedo so that you can prove you fit within the binary it's about being taken at your word that's so true yeah I think that's a really integral part of the project as well would there be anything else that you wanted to add about the trans mannequin um, or any part of the project for that matter I think one thing that I would like to add sort of self-consciously as a white British person is that when I was doing some research in the community for the trans mannequin something that came through again and again is that there's an extra pressure and an extra difficulty for people of colour with regards to their gender presentation and how they're perceived by others because not only are they expected to conform to very western standards of um physical attire but also in terms of body shapes and styles as well and i think that i think that it's really opened my eyes to that enormous extra pressure of body image that exists for people of color and although i know that's something that won't ever be part of my lived experience i hope that looking at the mannequin and the interpretation that goes alongside it will give people the opportunity to consider how that affects people today and that's actually just given me an idea for something because when when we were talking with the technicians about how to present the trans mannequin one of the big details we quickly realized um was something we'd have to make a decision on um was the actual mannequin itself because ironically the mannequins available to either purchase or work with um, are very binary you get a a male mannequin or a female body mannequin Um, and then again like you say the color of the mannequin is um, something that you do have to think about carefully uh, because that says a lot as well and 
so I was just wondering, um, like, because I know that you were thinking with the trans mannequin um, that it's not specifically presenting one body type and trying to like define it. Um, that with the decision around what what body to go with or whether it's just a dressmaker's mannequin, um, you're actually trying to get people to question why they'd want to see it as a specific gender. And that was something that really interested me when I was reading your interpretation of the mannequin um, and thinking, actually, yeah, um, why am I expecting this to be a man or a woman? Um, what would you add to that? I guess. Um, I think we all use gendered language, not just to describe people we know, but I feel like a lot of our internal language is gendered. You know, a lot of languages in the world have um, gendered nouns. 